When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 580! 397! Ah, it is that time again every day on the show here on Purple Daily, which you can download the podcast version if you go to wherever you get podcasts. Type in Purple Daily. I think it also comes up if you type in Score North Vikings. It will also pop up as well. So you can listen to the podcast daily or listen to it on our app. But you can also read the musings of one Judd Zolged, who is in studio now, writing a lot of baseball these days, Judd, but we've got you in here to talk some football. So crank up the NFL music, and we're going to go around the league here with important questions for Hot Routes. Ah, yes. A classic. I like it. There is a report, Mr. Zolgad. Yes, sir. And Jonathan Harrison involved as well. That the NFL is going to push for an 18-game schedule in the next round of labor talks. Jonathan and I kicked it around a little bit earlier in the show. Your thoughts? Like it? Hate it? Absolutely. Positively. Without a shadow of a doubt. Hate the idea of an 18-game regular season. I do believe that in all the major sports I follow, the one league that has it right, right now is the National Football League. The 16-game season to me and then the playoffs is spectacular. I would love to eliminate two exhibition games, but not to add two more. I hate the idea of an 18-game season. I'm kinda, yeah, I'm kind of right there. I mean, most sports are go on too long to begin with. You can cut out a bunch of games from baseball, hockey, basketball. Don't add two more. I think it's just exhausting for fans. I think by the time you get to the end of a football season, everybody enjoys the break. They go have their draft fun. They go to the summertime, and then they wait for the preseason games. They watch one preseason game. They're like, oh, great, that was fun. I'm ready for the season now. By the fourth preseason game, that's really tiresome. So I agree with the people who want to get rid of that. I think by the end of 18 weeks, everyone is dead. Like, like yes. these guys aren't going to be ready for the playoffs. There will be so many injuries. It'll just go on forever. How, and how, if you're Goodell and this league, 
How do you justify this to uh, to the fans as far as being, we're really concerned about concussions, <laughs> yeah. player health, players' uh, mental state, all very important to us. And oh, by the way, we've just added eight quarters of an unbelievably intense game. <laughs> yes. and, and unless you expand the roster from 53, how do you justify, how do you sell that and then come back and say, but we are concerned about our players? It would have to be more guarantees and contracts, I guess, because there's going to be more injuries. And bigger rosters? Have to be. Two bye weeks? Probably two bye weeks. Okay. I hate the idea. It, Keep it, just, it at 16. I love 16. I think 16 is perfect. It's 100% right. There is nothing more perfect than the 16-game NFL season of all sports. Do not mess that up. Hot route number two for you, Zolgad and Harrison. The Browns are one of the most bet-on teams to win the Super Bowl. So people going to Vegas... Only in Vegas and other states where it is legal, not online anywhere, and placing bets on the Cleveland Browns more than any other team to win the Super Bowl, looking at odds versus how good they think the Browns are going to be. If I were to give you fellas $100 to place a bet Mm -hmm. on any team that missed the postseason, what team would you bet on? All right, so I thought about when when I got this question from you this morning, I thought about going with the Vikings, but then I decided... One that sounds like a cop out. Oh, the Vikings. So I, but I am going to stay with my uh, mythical one hundred dollars that you gave me. I'm going to stay in the NFC North. Oh boy! And I am going to go with our neighbors. This is so oh, good. So good. Our neighbors in Wisconsin, because I think that between Lafleur being the coach there and the potential bounce back, assuming he stays healthy, of one Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. I'm putting my one hundred dollars on the Packers. I took mine, so scrambling here. <laughs> uh, looking at the teams who didn't make the playoffs. That's it, okay if you want to have the same one, Jonathan. I, I mean, think it's mine, a good bet. Mine was going to be the Packers just because they're the best team that didn't make the playoffs. I mean, they had a bad year because Rodgers was injured. I'm going to say the Steelers if I'm not choosing the Packers. I mean, they went 9-6-1 and one last year. If they can get that locker room out of the dysfunction that they're in right now. Which is plenty. I mean, you still have Ben Roethlisberger. He's been, he's had a couple of not Ben Roethlisberger seasons. If you can get him back to his form, I'm going with them in the playoffs. It is amazing, looking at the teams who didn't make the playoffs, how few of them I think could be way better this year. I mean, Dolphins, Bills, Jets, same. I mean, the Browns are the team that you think is going to be way better. Sure. The Bengals could be surprisingly better in my mind, because they've made a lot of improvements. And Dalton, they were a good team until Dalton got hurt last year. Still not going there. Doug Marone still coached Jacksonville. Not going there. <laughs> I mean, Broncos, I think, will be a little better. Not that much better. So my team that did not make the playoffs that can win the Super Bowl comes from the NFC, but the NFC self, I friends. I, I know where you're going. The Atlanta Falcons. I, they were my number two. Eventually. One of the best offenses in yep. the National Football League last year. They scored over 400 points. And their defense all got hurt in the first week, basically. They Mm -hmm. lost like three-star defensive players right off the bat. They never recovered. They played terribly on defense. I think their defense improves. Their offense remains very good. And I would put my money down on them. I don't trust the Panthers. I don't trust the Bucks. And I think it is possible that New Orleans is not as good as a 13-3 and season again, especially if Breeze plays the way he did in the second half of last year, which really wasn't actually all that great. All right, next hot route question. Jay Gruden was very frank with the media this week, the head coach of the Washington football squad. He said if they miss the playoffs, he's probably getting the axe. 
Who is the most likely coach to be fired mid-season, Jonathan? I'll stay in the NFC East. I'm thinking Pat Shermer. I mean, there's Poor a Pat. lot there's a lot riding on him unfortunately. I mean, that's a that's a terrible organization. It's just a terrible situation for him to go into and they didn't have a good season last year. If things start off poorly for him there, unfortunately, he'll probably get the axe. That's a good pick. I, I wonder, I mean, if they went something like 0 and 5? Yeah. What would it take you, do you think? I think the, one and six. I think the GM needs to be blown out as well, though, and I don't think that's going to happen in the course of the season. That's why I didn't pick him. But but when GMs are on the hot seat, they got to point the finger somewhere. Uh, that might be true. My other option was the other New York team because they're just a joke of a franchise right now. <laughs> so and it got worse seven weeks. <laughs> well, I, nothing would surprise no. me there. I yeah. totally agree with that. Matthew, Jed, oh, do you want me to go? Yeah, I can go. Go ahead. Can you guess mine? Um, you can. You I, can. I'm going to guess that you might be going. I'm going to guess that you might be going in the same direction I'm going. I I wrote this question for this reason, so I can and mention. I, okay. Douglas Charles yeah, okay. Marone in Jacksonville. So you basically wrote the question for yourself to yeah. blow out a guy that you consider to be a complete buffoon. I mean, it's a good okay, question. No, so it's a fine I question. found a way to use it. It's um, a fine question. But yes, I think. That if the Jacksonville Jaguars have a tough start to their season, that that does Coughlin come downstairs? Ooh, that would make for some for to, some right? drama. Let's say they start one and three, and they feel like we could still save the season if Tom Coughlin takes over as the head coach. Very baseball, that would be interesting. Right? Uh, Nick Foles, I understand why he went to Jacksonville. A lot of cash involved. It's not a terrible choice. And on paper, you might look at that roster and say. Yeah, they should be pretty competitive. Yep. But Doug Marone is their head coach. I don't believe in them at all. And I think that they will lose four of six to start the year, and that will be the end of Marone, especially when you pay a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That puts a lot of pressure on your coach. I will take your buffoon and raise you by my buffoon <laughs> and and give you the guy who's going to be in my crosshairs until he's fired because he's just such a pompous ass. I yes, know where you're going then. None <laughs> other than the Detroit Lions and their dysfunction and Matt Patricia. His problem is, I, I think what your point about him being a good defensive coach is accurate, but I don't think he knows a thing about offense. And more importantly, I don't think he knows a thing about people. And he's so bad with players and the Lions are just so dysfunctional that I'm going for halfway through. It's just an untenable situation, and Matt Patricia gets fired. So, no, he, so nobody thinks Jay Gruden? I thought that that was no fun because he put himself in yeah, the crosshairs. Sure. I was trying to come up with a guy who actually thinks he won't get fired. I think with Judd's Patricia take, I don't even think it takes a record. I think if it's just a bad like PR move like he did with the press that one time telling him to sit up straight, I think that's all it would take. If they're not a winning team... Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. even you're you're saying even if they're mediocre, if he's yeah. making because Ben McAdoo was the same way where he was making them a laughing stock, and they were like, mm-hmm. we just got to get rid of this. Uh, nobody else. I mean, it would be hilarious if Gase got gassed like, in his first year, <laughs> like five games but, in. But a lot of these coaches are so new. Yep. New coach in Miami, Sean McDermott just made the playoffs two years ago. They've got a young quarterback. Uh, new new head coach in Cleveland. New head coach in Cincinnati. Tennessee, no, they just changed coaches two years ago. It would be very surprising. Vic Fangio is new in Denver. Yeah, John Gruden has a contract for the rest of time. Is there anybody who would be a total stunner to you? Uh, I, I'd be stunned, but the one that actually might make the most sense if the team does not get off to a good start because I think his shelf life is done, Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. 
But they yeah. don't fire coaches there. Yeah. So it's weird. But but I think Pittsburgh, I just think that Mike's gotten to, to the point now where he's been there too long. Yeah. And a coaching change there and an eventual quarterback change would just be a very positive thing for the atmosphere. Um, one I would be surprised by would be Cleveland, be, just because their owner's a bit nuts. You and want if, you want a first-year coach out. Yeah. If, if things don't get off to a hot start for them and they're expecting things to go well, if things don't get a, off to a good start... Rob Chudzinski could confirm could. that it does happen. <laughs> uh, the guy who I think that You're will right. be in the crosshairs is Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Yeah. I know it wasn't his fault. His quarterback got hurt, but they went 4-12 and last year. And they've lost a lot of football games under him so far. Oh, they've boy. had some high draft picks. They spent a lot on a quarterback. I do like him. If it, oh, I think he's very smart offensively. But yeah. if that thing doesn't get off to a good start, that could be our surprise fire. Hmm. Next question for you fellas. The Dallas Cowboys hired Klein Kubiak. That sounds familiar. Another one of Gary's children. He's also got a son who works for the Vikings named Clint Kubiak with a K. Both names. Using alliteration, I would like you two fellas to name a future child after an NFL player with alliteration with your name. I've got mine. First, middle, last. Oh, wow. Local kid from Egan, and it's perfect. Zach Zenner Zolgat. <laughs> My child can be named after the, I, I believe he's still with Detroit, correct? Running back for yep, the Lions. Yep. yep. Zach Zenner. Zach Zenner Zolgad. Is that not perfect? That is fantastic. How about that's you, Jonathan? So the three names that I found, one of them's really mean, just calling him Harry, because that's just Harry Harrison. That's yeah, just wow. good one, Jonathan. There's Hunter and then there's Ha Ha. Ha Ha Harrison. Yeah. Oh no, that oh, is, so you buried the lead. That's really good. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, no, that's up. really good. Um, do you guys remember a running back by the name of Traveris Cadet? No. I don't care. <laughs> no, I don't. I, you want to name a kid Cadet? Cadet Collins? Um, I don't know. Traveris Cadet played running back for New Orleans, New England, the Jets, Carolina. He was a bounce-around guy from 2012 to 2018. He's in the league a little while. No, I he was Maybe he was actually a receiver slash running back, one of those types of players. Well, okay, I was going to go. See, my initial thought was Cunningham Collar because I loved Randall Cunningham. But then I remembered... Traveris Cadet. I thought Cadet Collar would be that's great. Better. But Ha Ha Harrison is So go back again. <laughs> Gary's kids are named, there's Clint, Clint and what was Klein. the other one? Klein is the one that was just hired as a uh, Do we think scout. That, that this is Gary or Gary's wife? Klein Kubiak's a little over the top to me. I'm not, I, I mean, I think I want to guess. Judd Zolgat, so I'm not trying to <laughs> cast stones here. But <laughs> but your name has a, an interesting background story. Yes. The Judd thing. Yes. We won't get into it because we've got one more question. This is about football. This is our football. Except for the next question is not super football. Anyway, Vikings hired a kicking coach. So they have a coach for literally one person, which I think is a great idea. They've got the money. They should just have Steve's coach and Ted's coach and Bobby's coach. Everyone gets a coach. Mm -hmm. Nate Kading is Dan Bailey's coach. If I were to give you fellas a coach in one area of your life, you can get this type of coach. What would it be? An athletic coach <laughs> to actually help me do simple things like shoot three-pointers and not make a fool of myself. Just somebody who could, I don't even need to be good, just not so fundamentally flawed. I think we have a new Judd Zelgad 
Athlete Challenge Series, just getting pro athletes to help Judd yeah. be do, better do at sports. anything. You yeah. did okay at the golf one. Yeah, the golf one was fine. But the That's basketball true. was basketball over 27. Was, yeah, basketball was legit over 27. <laughs> How about you, a, Jonathan? Can I get a diet coach? Because everybody makes fun of my diet. That would help. I, I don't recall anyone bringing up anything you've eaten, like double fisting corn right. dogs at lunch. <laughs> Which is very time. football. I mean, that's well, but not, that's not that's a diet. That's what I do no. during football Your season. Your diet Are coach you is not going to suggest that. Is the, the diet co- coach trying to help you lose weight here or just yes. eat like it looks like it's not so weird? There is an episode of The Simpsons where Homer intentionally gets fatter so he can work from home. <laughs> of course there is. It's a genius idea. <laughs> And don't think that didn't come from real life from somebody that someone, a writer for The Simpsons, saw do exactly that. Uh, mine is easy. It's a financial coach. I mean, yeah. I spend so much money on Diet Dr. Pepper, guys. <laughs> I am just out of cash. No, I, 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 the thing is, I don't have any expensive hobbies, but I also don't have any money. Like, where did it go? I think it went to Panda Express, has most say. of my money. So good. I end up, I understand. That, that, that's what happens to How me. How are you not fatter? Is. I play a lot of basketball yeah, and you make must, more three-pointers than you do. You must work out a lot. I, I, I do jog and play a lot of basketball. you do not eat well. No, not at all. Welcome and I spend club. way too much money on food. So back in, in your Buffalo days, when you got fatter, yeah. did you not work out at all then? And was that, that the problem? That was most of the problem. Okay. There, okay, so there are a couple. Here you go. I'll, I mean, this be, is I'll not, be your diet coach. This is not okay. football, I'm going to try still. this. It's not football, but I'm going to try. Since you need one, I can help you. At one point, I weighed 235 pounds, and now I weigh 200. And the big difference was, A, I stopped eating pizza and wings at such an outrageous rate. Because you hate them here, though. Well, no, no, this was before I oh, moved you did, here. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, because now you don't do it. I've lost probably 10 pounds on pizza from here, but okay. I lost like 25 when I still lived in Buffalo. Gotcha, okay. I slowed down the pizza and wings rate. That was a big part of it. The other thing was going to the diet soda... That helped quite a bit because it's got like a lot of sugar and I drink it nonstop. If yep. you just drink like one can a day, you're good. I was drinking like eight. So non-diet? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was not healthy. I can't take that. Other thing is I tried. So you know that I uh, frequent a lot of fast food places, yeah. but I try to avoid the big giant double burger. <laughs> and then, yes, I started moving my body in athletic ways. And yeah, I got back to playing basketball, got back to running, all those things. So it's really not super complicated. <laughs> it's usually just like moving and doing stuff. What's that? <laughs> For what a guy who loves soccer, it's unbelievable. I know, how that's a running move. sport. What does that entail? What is moving? <sighs> I think you're going to have to give up. You're going to have to resign as his diet coach. All right, let's uh, take a break. That was a fun edition of Hot Routes, which we do every day here on the show. And... Uh, Judd, I made a bunch of notes yesterday on our website, scorenorth.com, from OTAs. A couple of posts up there mm-hmm. on our old website. And I'm going to give you a choice. Which one of these OTA notes you find to be most interesting? We will discuss when we return here on Purple Daily. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I think it could be uh, when I was in Dallas, uh, we had a guy that did it, but he also was breaking down tape and things like that. Um, you know, it's not involved that involved in, involved right now. I think, um, uh, you know, you, you never know where, where it ends up leading to. That was Minnesota Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer discussing hiring a kicking coach, Nate Kading. Um, before I give you, Judd, the options potentially for you to discuss, we have a giveaway. All right. We are going to give away a pair of tickets 
to the 11th annual St. Paul Summer Beer Fest. That is Saturday on June 8th from 1 to 5 p.m. at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. So the 11th annual St. Paul Summer Beer Fest. That is June 8th, 1 to 5 p.m. You can win tickets if you are the, let's go with ninth caller, Jonathan. And don't fake it. I'm going to watch. Make sure you actually Producers do nine always callers. fake yeah. it. No, that's what I'm saying. When's the last time watch. a producer told the truth? And Don't just pick a random phone caller. call and say you're calling number nine. Okay? So if you're the ninth caller. <laughs> Jonathan not listening to you. 651-646-8255. Let me give out the phone number, everyone. 651-646-8255 to the Beer Fest. And hopefully Jonathan pretends you're the ninth caller. When you call in. Okay, there's All caller right. one right now. Just, I got caller one. Don't tell this person. Not nine. Uh, what are your potential, uh, or what would you like to potentially talk about here, Judd? I, I've got some options. Backup quarterback competition, always fun. Mm-hmm. Laquan Treadwell, uh, kicking coach, we discussed a little bit. Wide receivers, mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. Uh, three technique and Hercules Mata'afa. Mm-hmm. Nice. I will allow Kyle Rudolph talk. On the show, even though I put a brief moratorium. I'm so tired. I'm tired of that. Me too. That's why I I'm put a moratorium. But if you weary. picked it, then no, I would talk no, about it. I won't pick it. And Irv Smith. Uh, we talked about Irv Smith yesterday. We talked extensively about the kicking coach yesterday because that was But I figured you'd favorite. still be flying high. Not, well, I am, but I think for the sake of the show and bringing up a new topic, I'm actually going to go behind door number one. Backup quarterback competition. Because it's... I, I don't know that the word intriguing is correct, but I'm curious about what the plan is. So I'm a little bit surprised, considering recent history, that they went with someone like Sean Mannion. And not because Sean Mannion is incapable of the duties that usually bestow a backup quarterback by running the scout team. I'm sure he's very bright. He was literally, Judd, in week one, the last guy off the field. He was doing play actions by himself out there without even a wide receiver as we were all leaving. Is that even really that useful? Probably not, but if you're a journeyman backup quarterback, yeah, you're trying point. to keep a life in this game. So he okay. outworked everybody. He was the last guy on the field, uh, not yesterday, but two weeks ago. I did stick around to see who the last guy on the field was the other day. But Sean Mannion, I think, can handle all those duties. He can act as the helper guy to Kirk Cousins better than Kyle Sloter, who's never stepped on an NFL field, and definitely better than Jake Browning, who just got here from being a college quarterback. I, though, am a little surprised that they didn't try to shuffle some more money around, maybe even make some sacrifices, to get Brock Osweiler as their backup quarterback, who would have worked with Gary Kubiak before and once had to step in on a playoff team and won a couple of games. has been basically a 500 quarterback. If Kirk Cousins goes down now, you're looking at a 5-11 and 11 season. And is Brock employed right now, or is he on the He's not, so line. they could still sign him sign down him. If, okay. if something happened in OTAs. But, I mean, let's say week three. Something happens. I mean, what are you doing? You can't. I mean, Sean Mannion is not getting you anything. And he comes from the Rams, correct? He was uh, he was uh, back up to golf last yeah. season. All right. So, what is the current status then of one Kyle Sloter, as far as development goes, and as far as how you think realistically this organization sees him? I know you two are close. You and Kyle. He's Slaughter. a great kid. 
He really he's is. He's like a son to he's... me. I talked to him for a long time. <laughs> but that doesn't mean... One day. That, that, that doesn't mean that my kids don't have They have the longest conversation I've ever seen. I've never seen anyone talk out on the field after practice longer than you talked to Kyle Slaughter. I felt he needed it. I was like... I felt he needed the Why'd you guys go to dinner? And if he had been willing to pay, we would have. <laughs> I'm not the professional football player here. Uh, well, okay, so Kyle Sloter is going to get his chance because um, Mike Zimmer mentioned yesterday that he's going to get one day a week out of three in OTAs to be the number two quarterback ahead of Sean Mannion. And if you were listening earlier, you heard Andrew Kramer mention the money and how they didn't really pay Sean Mannion a huge signing bonus. So they're not super locked in with money to Sean Mannion. The Kyle Slaughter question is always interesting to me because people watch those preseason games and they see a guy play real well and run around and make some plays. But the context of the stats that he puts up, there's a reason why he's playing in the fourth quarter against all the other guys that are getting cut. And when we watched him on a daily basis in training camp last year, he was far behind Trevor Simeon. But if you watch the preseason games, you would have said, oh, Simeon was awful in a couple of those games. Didn't matter. On a day-to-day basis, and what Simeon had done before in the league, it put him way ahead. The fact that Mannion has not really played in NFL games has just been the backup on another team. Mm-hmm. I think it increases Kyle Sloter's chances. And the fact that Sloter really does get along with everyone quite well. I know that he... <laughs> I told you. Laugh at me. I told he, you. No, it's it's really true. He became close friends with Teddy Bridgewater. He was working out with Kirk Cousins. Um, how about this? What other third quarterback have you ever heard that had a t-shirt buzzing around the locker room? But they had these like Sloter house. Oh, okay, yeah. all right, yeah, I get. I mean, it. Yeah. this this team loves its T-shirts. It's a thing. But either way, All like he's the number three now. quarterback. That's I think he's I think he's a well liked guy, yep. and he's someone that they paid a lot for to come over here. They've kept him around. They've invested in him. It would not entirely shock me if Kyle Sloter won the job if he just played better in the preseason. And Browning is essentially a guy that they paid a lot a lot for as an undrafted player to get here to try and sneak through to the practice squad, correct? Possible, but the way I'm thinking about this is Mannion or Sloter will not be here, and Browning is going to be the number three. Really? You buried the lead on me. I mean... That's actually interesting. They just didn't pay a whole lot for Sean Mannion. It's a great point that Andrew made earlier. It's it's totally true. When well, hold, wait, wait, wait. When you only give him a ninety thousand dollars signing bonus, and you pay Jake Browning more. If it's so, if it's so, let's say Mannion gets jettisoned, and let's say it's Cousins, Sloter, Browning. If Sloter has to play, are you? How can I phrase this in proper English? Are you more dead if Sloter has to play than you would be if Mannion had to play? I don't think there's any difference. I mean. <laughs> Sean Mannion kind of looks the part. He's really big, and he's got a strong arm. I mean, when he throws the ball, you take notice. But Sloter has a strong arm, too. Mannion cannot move at all. He's not going to be a mobile quarterback. Where Kyle Sloter might give you some chance because of his athleticism. He used to be a wide receiver. And you saw in the preseason games where he could make things happen. And that's where the difference was with Case Keenum. In the training camp practices, Case Keenum couldn't do that kind of gamer thing. He was supposed to just execute the offense and really struggled with it. Once he got in the games and he could roll out and make plays, he found ways to win and keep them in games. I think Sloter can do that much better than Sean Mannion. The only thing is, 
Sean Mannion has been working with Sean McVay in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and he knows this system extremely well. I think it matters, this, the whole scout team thing. What does Mike Zimmer like the most? His defense. <laughs> what do you need on that scout team? A quarterback who can properly execute what the other team's offense is going to do. That stuff matters to them. And, I, I mean, I, I kind of think it's a race between those so two. So it comes back again, yeah. full circle to defense. And Yes, in a way. And then uh, Browning, my guess is he's the number three unless he's really bad. But from what I've seen so far, I don't think he's really bad. And his attributes are a big arm? No, <laughs> not really. So you, I mean, you paid him six he, figures, why? He can make some downfield throws. He actually reminded me on tape his last year in Washington because their team wasn't all that good. They had one decent wide receiver. But he reminded me on tape of Case Keenum where he didn't have a, a great offensive line, I didn't think. they were. He was pressured a lot, and he would move around quite a bit and make some plays for them. Two years ago, or three years ago, I guess he had a great season where he threw something like 40 touchdowns. That was a little bit because of John Ross, that wide receiver who was blazing fast. I think he's just, like, when you get to Kyle Sloter's age and you're 25, Mm -hmm. that's all your potential that's ever going to be there for the most part, unless it's a Kurt Warner type of magical story. Usually you get 25-26. We know exactly what you are. We've had you in a couple camps. It's the same thing with Taylor Heineke. They had him in a couple camps one of which he kicked the window and hurt himself, but another one he didn't. He got his chance, and he just showed that he wasn't really an NFL quarterback. Uh, he did sign on with Carolina, but they felt that way. Right. And so they said, let's find another one of these guys who might be the developmental. And you get a couple years, then they make their call. And Jake Browning will probably be the guy, unless he's really poor in the preseason and everything else. I think they paid so much for him. He's not just a camp body. I think they want him to be that guy. Who, who do, do you think is the primary offensive coach who's going to be, in reality, in charge of trying to develop quarterbacks? Well, Kevin Stefanski was a quarterback coach. I know, but Gary Kubiak, obviously, is going to have... Is he the guy because he, he was a quarterback and has a ton of experience working with quarterbacks? Like, we... Hmm. There's going to be a lot about how this offensive structure works that we're not going to be told, and yep. you're just going to have, have to do pretty simple deduction and math to figure out who's really doing what. Well, yeah, I will be really interested to see um, where Jordan Taylor goes with this team, and that's a name that you don't know, but he was signed from Denver from Gary Kubiak, presumably, mm-hmm. was uh, interested in bringing him in as someone that had potential, and they've talked him up quite a bit. Jordan Taylor, he's taking some first-team reps. I don't know if that's just Jordan Taylor being great so far, or if that's... Hey, Gary Kubiak really believes in this guy. It's his guy, so let's get Jordan Taylor every opportunity to make this team because Gary wants him here. Who's making the calls on players? I mean, they'll tell you it's Stefanski, right? I mean, they're not right. going to tell you it's Gary Kubiak, but he's, Well, that's got to be Kubiak. Yeah, I would it think has it to would be. be. I would think he wields a ton of power for what this offense does. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm I, I guess my question was, who's actually going to have, aside from Kirk, who's going to have the most hands-on in terms of development of, let's say, uh, Sloter from here on out and Browning? See, that's where I think it probably is Kevin Stefanski, because he worked so closely with the quarterbacks before for the last couple of years. And, I mean, he was there for Case Keenum, and, and he was his quarterback coach. I think that that matters, that he has a lot of experience doing that. And Gary Kubiak... For as much as he's probably getting paid 
and he looks like he's out there working like all the other coaches, and he's got the assistant coach title. So it's not just show up once a week, Gary. But I think when it comes to the hands-on stuff, it will be Kevin because he was a position coach for such a long time. But everything else, the entire design, the foundation, the fundamentals of the offense will be from Gary Kubiak. And I'm going to say that when it comes down to players and decisions, the tie will go to the Kubiak because he's Mike Zimmer's co-coach or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to be surprised if there's too much dissension offensively in that room. My guess is that Kubiak, my guess is that Stefanski is going to make sure that he's in lockstep, and I don't blame him one bit with what Kubiak is saying, and that this offense is essentially going to be designed around everything that Kubiak thinks. And Kevin is going to say, oh yeah, it's fantastic, it's great. But I would be really surprised if Kevin stands up and says, Gary, what the hell is that? I think there's a far greater chance that Stefanski more often than not defers and said, Gary, I think that's a fantastic idea. Let's take a quick break. I want to discuss Kirk Cousins for a moment and his comfort in the new offense that they were all talking about yesterday. Let's uh, come back here on Purple Daily. Do you still want to be a Minnesota Viking? Yeah, no question. And that's throughout all this, that's been the easiest thing is, we want to be in Minnesota. We want to make sure we exhaust every possible option to make sure that we stay in Minnesota. Um, and with that being said, the Vikings are, feel the same way. They want to keep me in Minnesota. They want me to finish my career in Minnesota. Um, so we're both on the same side of things. Uh, it's just a matter of finding a way to get it done within the salary cap. Kyle Rudolph there on NFL Network. The Vikings do have a tendency to find ways within the salary cap to fit every darn player underneath and get them to sign whatever contracts they want. This is kind of an unusual situation. That's what I was going to say. How weird is this that this continues day after day, week after week to play out this publicly? It's an yeah, odd, it's this is like odd. the seventh time Kyle Rudolph has commented but na- on it. Name me the last time that a Vikings player, since you uh got here and covered the team, that a Vikings player has had a dilemma like this, that it's not resolved within three days. A week, maybe. I I guess it would depend on how you categorized Anthony Barr. We all felt like Anthony Barr was gone. And it was there was a deadline there and it happened and then he just came back. But there was no saga. I mean he said I'm I'm gonna play on the fifth year option and that's how it's gonna be. I'm gonna make a bleep ton of money and that and then we'll see what happens. And it really was not a conversation all through camp last year. There was the one time he missed a day, and then we thought maybe something was up, and then he was right back the next day. And it almost was never talked about again with his uh, contract. And then we assumed that he was going to hit the free agent market and go somewhere else. But he ultimately comes back. This one, it seems like a day-to-day, there's some new comment or new update all the time. Right, but what's weird is in cases like Barr, which is not unusual, It's ordinarily covered for a day or so. Then it goes away, and it gets either resolved where the guy stays with the team or he doesn't. What's weird about this one is it's playing out publicly with uh, both sides, and Kyle especially, going back and forth, you know, talking to Scott Hansen or talking to you or talking to the Star Tribune. Yeah. And it's this day by day by day. and, and, And what's weird is, what's the deadline here? I don't know. I I would guess training camp that he's got. I mean, you know that the beginning of training camp is usually the time where they announce things like this. Um, Stefan Diggs last year, Mm -hmm. I think, was at the beginning of camp. The year before, 
Xavier Rhodes, there was no real saga with Xavier Rhodes either. We discussed it briefly, and then he signed, and everybody was happy. This is by far, since I've been here, the most dramatic contract situation, which does speak to how well they've done at at keeping their own players that they've wanted to keep. You know why? Because until now, they've never had a quarterback making this amount of cash that ties up this amount of cap room. And and they also, uh, every player that could have pushed back hard, Thielen could have pushed back much harder. He didn't. Um, Stephon Diggs could have pushed back to Neil Hunter and even Anthony Barr to some extent because he had the offer on the table that was more money. And everybody said, nope, coming back, that's where I want to be. Where with Kyle Rudolph, that's come out of his mouth quite a bit, but it hasn't come out of his pen signing a contract. And and I'm not saying he's gotten a fair deal that's been put in front of him because I don't know what was put in front of him. Saying five years is gobbledygook. I mean, how about well, yeah, it's like not, it's not five years anymore. Nick Easton though. Nick Easton signed a twenty million dollar contract. Whoa, twenty million—that's a lot of monies. Four million guaranteed. It's four dollars, yeah. right? So, uh, yes. yeah, these contracts—it really depends you on how what? you frame it. Kyle's smart here. I don't blame oh, yeah. Kyle one bit. Kyle's yep. got him, and he knows it. Yep. And, and in this league, where far too often it's the team and not the players who get their way. God bless the player who says, "I got gotcha. you." And we're playing ball my way, not yours. I do wonder if he's going to play the game of chicken, though, all the way into camp. I don't show if I'm him. I if this is not done by mandatory mini camp. I don't show up because you've got to, You've got to tell them. Yep. We need a deadline here, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Dead, this deadlines keep, get things done. This right? can't keep up. Um, Judd, the uh, New York Jets took another L today. At the hand of the Minnesota Vikings. Did you see this? Oh, yeah. yeah. This is the least surprising thing of all time. (laughs) Uh, So Anthony Barr decided to stiff the Jets. There was somebody else who they wanted to that decided to come to Minnesota. I forget maybe who it was. They got Trevor Simeon away from the the Vikings. So big steal there. Yep. And then today it was reported that George Payton, who is the assistant general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, who has been wooed by many a team and has not left was uh, contacted by the New York Jets that they were interested. And this, I believe, is the second time they've been interested in him as a potential GM. Mm-hmm. And he said, mm, nah, nope, not interested. Not until you tell me what happened with Adam Gase's eyeballs. What was going on there? And no one will tell you. No one will. No one has said. It's this weird, mysterious Gaze won't acknowledge or he'll acknowledge it, but not tell you. Nobody will tell you why his eyes were rolling around in his head. This would have been so simple is to just say, oh, yeah, he had a um, a procedure or something, you know, like a eyeball procedure. <laughs> a if procedure you, you ever, your eyeballs you ever run into anybody that had their pupils dilated and you're yeah. like, you all right? Oh, yeah. You all right, buddy? You look yeah. kind of surprised what, what to see me. What causes eyeballs to roll you know? around? Drugs? But I, mean, I, no, like, I know that. But if you're not on drugs, what procedure or what would cause your eyeballs to look like, like you're a uh, puppet? I have no clue. Cookie monster. I, I need a doctor to analyze what he looked like. So anyway, the Jets take another L. George Payton. What do you? Why do you think George Payton isn't taking someone else's GM job? Is he holding out for this one? I don't know because George Payton has turned down opportunities and or I, he might. He, now I think at the time because he he's been here essentially since I started to cover the team or since Rick got the job. He has turned down numerous opportunities to to interview for GM jobs, and I want to say that he might have gone to a couple places, but, you know, the Rams, when they were in St. Louis, were in the mix of teams that were interested in him at one point. I want to say San Francisco was. 
I don't know. I don't know if he thinks that he's going to replace Rick eventually, or he might just be really smart. He might look at opportunities and be like, I've got a good job here. Yeah. I've got a good role here. And and the one thing that has always amazed me is the amount of people in life who will jump at opportunities, and you're like, I don't know that that's that great. So he might just be a really smart guy who says, everything with the Vikings is constructed perfectly, and plus, odds are, I'm going to keep my job. Now, in this case, there would be the opportunity to say, if the Vikings aren't successful in 2019, Spielman and Zimmer and all those guys get blown out. But if there's one job I'm not going near right now, among the jobs in pro sports, the Jets are at the top I of know. that list. Did you? I'm not I mean, going near the Jets. Have you heard that they were reaching out to like Peter Schrager, who's on NFL Network, and Daniel no. Jeremiah? Yeah, that I there's, saw, and that actually yeah. didn't shock me. No, he, he's very Peter smart. Schrager? Jeremiah is he a football? Now, no, he's just he's like he's you, a right? Reporter, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I do you want to run the Jets? Now, I think that maybe it was. To get like some advice on potential candidates, but also, are you kidding me? I mean, this sounds like the uh, Timberwolves with Khan, the new GM of the New York Jets. Please welcome Peter King. I'll do it. I'll take it. You would think that that really shows you how bad this situation is, because a young quarterback usually buys you quite a few years, especially if you didn't draft him. Yep. If you're the GM who comes in with Sam Darnold year two. He might be amazing, and then you're like, oh, yeah, we knew. That's why we didn't uh, get rid of him. Yep. And if he's terrible, <laughs> I didn't draft that guy. What? You know? So, uh, anyway, it's fascinating that no one wants to be the general manager of the Jets because it's a disaster. And the Jets and Giants are both just messes. Let me ask you this real quick before we wrap up on Purple Daily here today. So, Kirk Cousins said yesterday, quote, I firmly believe when you build relationships off the field, it's hard to quantify, but in some way it makes a difference on the field. Kevin Stefanski said on the same topic, familiarity in any aspect of this is important. I understand Kirk the player. I understand Kirk the person. It's nice to have a year under our belt. I know what makes him tick and vice versa. One more uh, from Kevin Stefanski. I know this. Kirk is coming into this year with familiarity of our players, of his teammates, and that is invaluable. Judd, does any of that mean anything to you? Zero. Absolutely nothing. Negative. I don't care. It doesn't mean a thing. No. No. Prove it. Show me. Kirk loves words. But until I see actual actions and circumstances when it matters the most, I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. And and. It might prove to be correct, but you could talk in May and June all you want. And in this sport, I don't give a damn. Do you? No, but I wrote it for our website, scorenorth.com. Well, they're saying it. I don't blame it. I'd write but, the same thing, but <laughs> well, here, the analysis is I don't care. But here's, yeah, here's my take is I could see it going either way. I could see it meaning, yeah, they're familiar with him. They know what he likes. They know what type of route adjustments, like... I'm doing yep. the thing with my hand at the end of week 17. Run the right route, but, 19. But you could also see, and this also reminds me when we were coming out of 2016 with Zimmer, where you could see there's tension that has been shoved underneath the carpet that could come up very quickly if it's problematic early in the season. I think he's in a better offense for him. If yes. he succeeds, that's why he'll but succeed. But now succeed when it matters most. And as a better Not offensive in week line. two. Yep. All right. More hot routes tomorrow, more football talk every day. Myron Metcalf and I are going to be chatting football 2-4 to four tomorrow on Purple Daily. Coming up next, Mackie and Judd with Rami.
Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.